Next on BYU Sports Nation, Tanner Mangum time or other quarterbacks get in line? The latest on who will start for BYU on Friday. Greg Rubel on stats that matter the most. And has he eaten horse? I dare say nay. Plus, a brand new volleyball schedule. Assistant coach Jalen Reyes reveals the path to a championship. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We'll be there tomorrow for the show. we will. Come hang out. It's the remote week on BYU Sports Nation. Not a channel changer. Wednesday, October 4th, wherever and however you're dialed in, it's great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with cheesy joke all-star, Jerem Jordan. Apparently. So yesterday, uh, we were a part of the kind of pep rally in the Marriott Center. The band, the Cougarettes, the cheerleaders, Tom Homel. Kickoff homecoming week. Yeah, it was great. A lot of, a lot of juice uh, there. So we were a part of that somehow, and uh, it was a fun experience. Um, but I found that the jokes that landed the most were the, the most BYU-ish, Mormon-ish. <laughs> so I learned that I need to know my audience, and we catered to that. And those, like the jokes that I didn't think were going to land well landed even better than I thought. So I know your audience, KYA, right? Yes, know your audience. In fact, that's the biggest physical crowd that I think we have ever yeah. spoken in front of. I want to say it was like eight to 10,000 people in there. It was pretty good. Granted, we talked to a lot more than that, on TV, right? But, in, but we literally have room. one, two, three, yes. four people in the room with us right now. It's just us six in here in Studio B. That's right, and you at home <laughs> or on the go on the BYU TV app. Eight yeah. to ten thousand, I believe. The two jokes that hit were one: Fred Warner dancing down the sideline at Boise State like the Cougarettes. Yeah, I thought that was weak, but it landed well. <laughs> and then you use the phrase. The In reference to caffeine being on campus. <laughs> the, the, the fullness of the, the dispensation. dispensation of this the is a part of, of the dispensation of yeah. the fullness of time. Yes. As recorded. <laughs> the restoration of the fullness of time. Peter talked about it. Acts 3.21. You didn't think you'd get a scripture in the show. You did. are. I tell you what. You, your daughter is a lucky girl because she will laugh at cheesy jokes for ages. I learned it from my dad. <laughs> The Cheesy Joke All-Star. Yes. It was fun. Really, in all seriousness, it was great to be a part of that. I love places with good juice. Put the blue goggles on. And we learned something new yesterday. Oh, yeah. A story from Tom Holmo. I've heard these stories before in the books I've read growing up at BYU football. Apparently, there was a phone book ripped up. Yeah, this was the thing. There was a a student manager. Student manager. Who would psych the team up. I forgot his name. Um, Mel something. But he would rip a phone book, and the guys would go crazy. So then we, then we, we came, Tom Homo told the story. Then we came out on stage, and we said, we know why BYU is one in four. There are no phone books <laughs> around anymore. Does anybody have a phone book? No, no I mean, really. Do you like, remember when you'd get the phone book, and it'd be like, oh, sweet, I have, like, yes, all the numbers. Coupons. To and random people, like. You'd highlight your friend's phone numbers well, in there. And then there's, like, the yeah. cute girl, yes. like, in middle school, and you're, like, looking up the last name. Like, how creepy is that? <laughs> But public information. Who anyway. has an actual phone book? Like the yellow pages. I was, yeah, yellow or, you know. The yellow uh, and the white pages. The, 
Was it white that was residents and yes. yellow was business? Business, correct. Okay. Yeah. Does anybody still have one of those? <laughs> yeah, the Smithsonian. If you do, take a picture of it, tweet it into the show, hashtag BYUSN. Oh, my goodness. Also, let's discuss some headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU and Boise State now two days away. We still don't know who will start a quarterback for BYU. I don't think the coaches do. Offensive coordinator Ty Detmer offered his stance to the media yesterday. We've got to see how Tanner progresses. Um, you know, he's out there throwing and um, trying to move around a little bit. So we won't know really till after tomorrow. Um, we have a better idea what he looks like. Wait and see with Tanner Mangum. Listen, if, if Tanner Mangum is good to go, he's going to be the guy. Uh, Bo Hodge is probably not going to play. That according to Kalani Sitake last night on BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. More coming up from the head ball coach as yeah. well. And don't forget countdown to kickoff live at 9 Eastern time on Friday. You'll see all of the quarterbacks warm up and get the storylines you need from field level for the game. Cleveland Browns waive Jordan Leslie due to a torn hamstring. This is the second time he's been waived from the team. So an unfortunate interview or uh excuse me, injury yeah. for uh, Jordan Leslie. Yeah, my heart breaks for Jordan Leslie. I mean, because you talk about going from the high of highs, making the catch of the week in the NFL, and then a couple of weeks later, you're not employed. Yeah, it's an unfortunate reality of the business. Yeah, get better, Jordan. Hopefully he'll be back. Now, here's the good thing. He did make a bit of a splash, and so he will be on people's radars when he is healthy again. So good for Jordan. The men's cross-country team now ranked... Second, well then, in the latest USTFCCCA poll. That's a real thing, people. Do we know what that stands for? United, United States, States Track and Field, Field Coaches or Cross Country Coaches Cross Country Coaches Association, Association poll. poll. That was okay. easy. The women's team checks in at number sixteen. Nice in that poll. Men's golf won the Nick Watney the Martian Invitational. Peter Quest finished uh, top the leaderboard. He medaled at three under. Patrick Fishburn, aka Ginger Quake. Finished tied for third at one over. So a nice showing from the men's golf team, who this year is more, uh, they're improved. They're a better team from last year. There's some really good young players turning into upperclassmen that uh, BYU can compete in the West Coast Conference this year. I feel like Patrick Fishburn is a way more polished version of Happy Gilmore. He can hit a drive <laughs> is that 400 a yards. No, I'm serious. He <laughs> oh, can, in the way he can drive? He can hit a drive 400 okay. yards and... How would, how would uh, Patrick Fishburn sound as Adam Sandler at the no Nick Watney Invitational? Now, in that movie, there is a part <laughs> where Adam Sandler, playing Happy Gilmore, says, uh-oh, Happy learned how to putt. Okay? And that's Patrick Fishburn. Patrick has learned how to putt. Yeah. The dude is balling out. Anciently, when the last names were made, how did Fishburn happen? <laughs> Anybody? Nobody cares. <laughs> Beeler. That's Beeler, Boise State's play-by-play on the way. Spuddy Buddy? We haven't done anything with Spuddy. Okay, we need to Later discuss this. Later in the this. show. Later we in need the to show, discuss this. The official throw-off of Spuddy Buddy, because we're not going to be in this studio the next two days. It's time to rise and shout. Let's go to What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Tanner time or get in line? It's all about the QB1. Let's play Who Wants to Be a Quarterback? Is it Tanner Mangum? Kalani Satake has something to say about that. We feel good about Tanner and where he's at right now on a 
on a Tuesday. And so he still has Wednesday, Thursday to heal up and Friday all day until 8 o'clock, 8.17 or 20 or whenever the kickoff is. All right. Here is what I'm taking away from that. If Tanner gets clearance from doctors and coaches, that to me says the integrity of his injury is in okay status. Yes, and that's happening today or not. Does that make sense? Yes. It's going down today. Is the integrity of his ankle good enough that he can play, and then it becomes about can you tough it out? Yes, because there's going to be some pain tolerance level required for any injury coming back from it. This is at the beginning of the window kind of for, uh, you know, uh, an ankle sprain like this, and to sprain an ankle is to tear some ligaments, you know, in that. So hopefully he can be okay. Hopefully he can uh, play and play well and not affect himself later in the season. At the beginning of the week, I did not think that Tanner Mangum had a possibility of playing. We were being told that there is a possibility that he plays Friday, and if he's cleared today, he could play Friday. That would That's the best news that could happen this week for BYU football. I saw the look on Tanner Mangum's face when Coy Detmer was warming up last week. Oh, my goodness. And in that moment. It was like when you realize you didn't study for the test, but you walk into the testing center. <laughs> like, it was that look. In that moment, I thought to myself, if he is at 60%, he is going to try and get himself on the field next week. And I got roasted on Twitter for saying such. Here we are, Boise State week, and I think he's going to play. I think he's going to play. We, if, we won't know probably until Friday. Like, if he comes out and he's warming up, and even then it's like, how's the ankle feeling? Is he going to play? He's, is he the guy? That's why I'm saying watch countdown to kickoff. You're going to be able to watch Tanner Mangum warm up. We're not. Now, Eastern, if it's not Tanner time, then who is it? I can tell you this much. It's likely not Bo Hodge. Kalani said that last night. We have heard a lot about two guys slated for a red shirt this season, Joe Critchlow and Cody Wilstead. We're looking at still using Cody Wilstead and, and uh, Joe Critchlow. Uh, what would be nice if they can red shirt because those guys just got home from missions and they're still um, still working on some things, but um, very capable throwers. Um, and, you know, there's a, still a chance that Tanner could play this week. So, um, yeah, I, you probably know what I'm what I'm rooting for. And and if Tanner can go, then he'll be the guy. And if not, then one of those other guys will step in. Some more clarification on where Kalani stands in his hopeful quarterback depth chart. Even if Tanner Mangum is cleared and he starts and he plays. I think the backup will be Joe Critchlow. So he's got to be ready regardless. A red okay? shirt guy has to be ready yes. to go. And what if an injury happens again? You have to be ready to go. That, the backup is one play away, okay? And you don't want any injuries. But Joe Critchlow's got to be ready. Cody Wilstead's got to be ready just in case. Had Joe Critchlow had more reps in practice last week or the weeks before, which why would he? There's only so much time. He would have played against Utah State. He would have come into the game in the fourth quarter, in my opinion. The trend of backup quarterbacks getting starts in the BYU Independence era Is continues. True, jeez. Let's put this in your hands, BYU Sports Nation, with today's Twitter question: Which would you rather start at quarterback versus Boise State, and why? Tanner Mangum at let's say seventy-five percent or less, sure, or the field of quarterbacks, meaning one of the other four. Use the hashtag BYUSN at LaserSheep. Tanner at 75% because reps are important. Reps help you read the game and make decisions easier. I trust Tanner to play the game. 
they can put packages in for Tanner Mangum to not have to be as mobile. He's not a mobile quarterback anyway, which he plays to mo- his advantage. He was mobile to his right to throw downfield, though. Does that make sense? Point, Jerem. You always think mobility is actually rushing the ball. How about mobility to throw the ball? Like, would you say Aaron Rodgers is pocket mobile? He's totally mobile. Like, Russell Wilson is a great example of both mobility. He's running around to throw the ball, but also to run the ball when needed. Obviously, Tanner Mangum doesn't need to run the ball. Joe Critchlow not going to need to run the ball. Hopefully, BYU doesn't have to play a freshman quarterback. Although, our stat of the day does bring up an interesting point. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. The last freshman quarterback to start against Boise State won. It was Tanner Mangum. Ah, yes. In 2012, one Taysom Hill came into the game for Riley Nelson as a freshman and led BYU on a would-be game-tying or game-winning drive, but BYU didn't get the two Kick the extra point! Your defense is dominating. (laughs) Things you're not over five years later. I'm still not over that. Brought to you by Phil and the Blake sponsor. Oh, kick the extra point just in that game. (laughs) Just in that game, okay? What's the answer for you to this question? Tanner Mangum. Tanner Mangum, too. No doubt about it. I I would rather not, one, burn a red shirt, and two, just throw in a freshman to, oh, by the way, we forget about this. Live on ESPN. Like, BYU plays on ESPN a lot. This is live on ESPN. You don't want your first start against Boise State on a Friday night against on ESPN? That, that's a, a pressure-packed situation, man. Unbelievable storylines. Has a 1-4 in four team ever been more compelling? <laughs> I wouldn't say compelling. <laughs> Word's not compelling right now. Let's keep it rolling on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation. Go to the Twitter machine. Who are you starting at quarterback against Boise State and why? Tanner Mangum, 75% or the field? At uh, Robert MO5827410 and CL underscore Living have tweeted us pictures of phone books. Oh, we've got phone books. We've got phone books out there. Nice. At Mark the Miller. The offense, the BYU offense, I'm assuming, was really fun to watch with Bo Hodge against Utah State. I would enjoy seeing that again, but concussions are serious. Yeah, Bo Hodge ain't playing. There hasn't been an official word on that. Well, Kalani said he probably won't play. Yeah. So, yeah. he's He hasn't said that anyone's out. If it wasn't a fi- that tells you what you need to know. At Y for Life, need to think long-term health on this one. I really don't care who starts. Just need to be healthy and protect health. Yeah, it- and that's the question. Is a healthy Joe Critchlow better than Tanner Mangum at whatever percentage he is? Because it's not 100. Yeah. But is it just pain management at that point? Yeah, I don't know. Hey, coming up, we will unveil the 2018 BYU men's volleyball schedule. I'm excited about this. And up next, a man who may or may not have eaten horse meat in his life. What? Why are we even discussing this? Cyrus told me last night. Plus, the most important <laughs> stat of BYU Boise State Week, the radio voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell, joins us. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Get on the Twitter machine to join our conversation. Send in pics right of your now. phone books. Yes, we had a discussion about phone books <laughs> off the top of the show. And if anybody actually has, like, the old white and yellow pages still in We got another tweet. <laughs> At Joan Gervin Smith tweets in another picture of a phone book. Why do you still have that phone they book? Exist. I love it.
Send them to BYU. Let them rip them up so that we can fire up the troops for BYU-Boise State. Hey, the next two days, we're not going to be here, which is great. They're going to let us out. We're super excited. Tomorrow, live from the BYU store, the official outfitter BYU fans everywhere, at uh, noon Eastern. Dave Rose will join us as it's Basketball Media Day tomorrow. What? What? This is great. Uh, And then Friday, we'll be live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on a game day. It's going to be a fantastic uh, couple of days. Basketball Outside season, of less than a month away. Cougar tip-offs this month, yo. What? That's just weird. Love it. Uh, believe it or not, the phone book conversation is not the only thing we're discussing on Twitter. We are also asking this question. Who would you rather start at quarterback versus Boise State and why? Tanner Mangum at, let's say, 75% or the field at Doc underscore JMO? I'd rather start talking about something else. This question depresses me. But it is the storyline. It is the storyline. we got to talk about it. Yeah. Absolutely, we will. And we will continue to do so with the fabulous radio voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell, back in Studio B, fresh off another hot performance on BYU Football with Kalani Satake. Greg, welcome back. What up, Greg? Hey, guys. So, uh, first things first, Mel Farr. Mel Farr. I knew it was Mel. Mel Farr. He was the phone book ripper from days of yore. Uh, Three weeks from tonight is Cougar tip-off. Basketball, three weeks from tonight. Can't wait. On the radio and online, uh, visually. And um, phone book stories, interesting stuff. Uh, So, of course, phone books, one of the most memorable lines in any movie. This is a cool thing about Canada, right? No, no. Okay, just checking. No, uh, but, uh, you know, Steve Young, uh, Steve Young, Steve Martin in The Jerk. Two Mormon. Great movie. uh, Made famous the phrase, the new phone books are here. And, uh, you know, that, that kind of uh, cemented phone books in all of our consciousness for years, years to come when that movie came out. And, <laughs> and, uh, and as, 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 as Navin, he, he expressed the joy at getting the new phone books. The new phone books are here. The new phone books are here. <laughs> and, uh, have you seen that, Jerem? Which movie? The Sorry. Jerk. The Jerk? I don't think I have. Oh, good <laughs> gravy. The Jerk? It's oh, time. Man, it's a generational it's, gap. It's, a, it's, it's a, time, Jerem. It's a dance move for me, but... <laughs> Just 1979. A, yeah, Google the phrase, the new phone books are here, and you'll uh, see what I'm talking about. <laughs> Here's so. the description on IMDb. Let me make sure this is clean. Okay. An idiotic man struggles to make it through life on his own in St. Louis. <laughs> Cinematic Compelling epic is what it is. It's, again, not much of a storyline there, but the stuff that comes out of it. 7.2 out of 10. Okay. There you go. Humor it's, gold, Jerem. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gold, gold, Jerry. Yes. Haven Johnson. All right. Also, Greg, uh, apparently we're talking about <laughs> horse meat because Kairos Tonga said one of his favorite things to eat is, is horse meat last night on the show. Staple part of his diet, evidently. That's what he said. Yeah. If that's what makes you big, uh, yeah, let's give it to all the lines. And Kalani Sitake, great uh, off-the-cuff line, said, he said, horses everywhere are afraid. He said, whether he rides them or whether he eats them, they're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> that, was a, that was a great line. And then Kairos then tweeted in last night. To Kalani, how did Kairos Tonga do on the show? <laughs> yeah. Which was fantastic. Asked an appropriate question. So uh, I, a, little, a, little, uh, uh, a little plug here for the coaches show. If you haven't yet been in the audience on a Tuesday night over in Studio C, uh, make it a part of your life coming up at some point soon. Uh, get a seat or seats and come to BYU Football with Kalani Sataki on Tuesday nights in Studio C. Jeremy and his people produce a fine show. Uh, we collaborate, I think, well in putting it together, and I think people who come really have a good time, and Kalani makes it that way, and the guests are great, and uh, we had a good time again last night. It's fun, yeah. and uh, what you don't see off the air is maybe the best part, yeah. because Kalani Satake greets every single person until they get a chance to like take a picture or talk with him, and last night, it's not every week, but last night there were Bam Bams, just saying, so 
Yeah. Uh, it was, some weeks uh, food, some weeks not, but yeah. either week, uh, every week it's, it's Kalani. food yeah. every week, yeah. which is great. We've been talking about the quarterback situation. So our, our oh, Twitter, yeah, let's get to that. Our Twitter question today, uh, besides the jerk, uh, which would you rather start <laughs> at quarterback versus Boy State and White? Tanner Mangum at, we're just guessing, like 75% or less, or the field? What do you think? Well, I, I think if he's able to do quarterbacking things, uh, the guy with the most experience, the most reps, and the most yards is your guy. And, and as, as Ty told us Monday on Coordinator's Corner, if uh, Tanner gets cleared, he starts. And, uh, and beyond that, Kalani said Bo's unlikely to be in the mix this week. So beyond him, it's who's next ready. And that's why they're getting multiple guys ready right now. But I guess the hope is by Friday night, like uh, Kalani said at 8.15, 17, 20 when it is, whatever it is, the kickoff time, he hope he's ready to go and do some things. Uh, whether or not he's full go, if he's good enough to do what you'd expect him to do, you, you play him, and then you get somebody else ready just in case. We said that, too. We think it's got to be Tanner Mangum if he's able to go. If he's, like, able. If he's cleared, he's going to play. And it'll have like, been, right, it'll be, it'll been four weeks since the injury. So you hope that's enough time. Yeah. Yeah. How would you best describe the BYU quarterback situation overall right now, Greg? Well, in the early days of World War II, Winston Churchill said, speaking of Russia at the time, it's a mystery wrapped in a riddle, Inside an enigma. And that's how I think describes <laughs> right now. It's like, where are you going with this? Yeah. Wow. A mystery. That was really deep. Actually, back it up. It's a, it's, it's a riddle wrapped in a mystery inside an enigma. Inside an enigma. Riddle wrapped in a mystery inside an enigma. That's what I'm Edward E. Enigma. Things have never become more clear for me when it comes to the BYU quarterback. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> but it's right pretty now. accurate, is it not? Yeah. Yes. I, th- I think Joe Critchlow's got to be ready to go, even if he's not the starter, as potentially the backup. That's an interesting angle here because it's like all about like, is it Tanner or not? I think Joe Critchlow needs to be ready, whether he plays or not, because he'd be one play away. Maybe. Yeah. He and Wilson are both in that same get them ready mix. Both have red shirts on currently, and and Kalani brought up the Critchlow possibility post game uh, Friday night in Logan. Like immediately after the game, he's talking about the fact that you might need to do this this week. Um, and you know, Coy Detmer is still obviously in the mix. I uh, had a rough go a Friday, and and uh, and Ty told me Monday that it wasn't so much Coy being inaccurate as as not seeing what he needed to see for whatever reason. Uh, he put the ball where he thought it should go, and didn't see other guys in the way. And uh, and so you know because if you watch Coy in camp, and one of one of his assets is general accuracy. He he can get the ball where he needs to go, and and put some zip on it, spins it pretty well for a small guy. But uh, clearly they want other options after what uh, transpired in Logan. Yeah, You tweeted out one of the more interesting stats that uh, I can remember in BYU history, not for good reasons, dealing with where on the field BYU is turning it over. And, man, it has just meant the worst things for BYU this season. Yeah, not, not, not every turnover is equal. Um, and uh, impact is mitigated by where on the field you're turning it over. Now, let's keep in mind, through two games, BYU had turned it over only once. So 12 of the 13 turnovers have come in just the last three games, so averaging four per game with seven coming just last game. And it's not that you can't survive a big turnover number. You can't survive a big margin number. If you're turning it over seven times, you hope to get it back three or four or five. Instead, they had just one takeaway, so you're minus six, and you can't win at minus six. It's almost impossible. That said, uh, of the 13 turnovers BYU's had, the line of scrimmage when the turnover occurred was on BYU's side of the field 12 times, and the average LOS is the 32-yard line. So for most teams, they're already in scoring territory at 32. Um, so, you know, 12 or 13 times, you're, you're giving your defense a lot of short fields. That said, the defense does better than you might expect for where the opponents get the ball 
after turnovers. They've actually done a decent job at minimizing points scored after turn. In fact, even last week, Utah State went back at boards a couple times off, off of turnovers gained on BYU side of the field. So the D's been put into a lot of rough spots this year. The points uh, uh, surrendered don't accurately reflect how well I think the BYU D has played and is playing as we go game to game. Uh, if the defense can just get long fields in front of them as opposed to short fields, I think you're going to see, you're going to see BYU's overall productivity and wins uh, increase. The two pick sixes on top of turning the ball over deep in their own territory right. and then Utah State kicking field goals, we're talking about 20 points without Utah State gaining an offensive yard. yard yeah, unbelievable. Right. So and, and I get that, that's why I think the defense deserves more credit than it's getting right now. And for all the good things the defense did, it was so overshadowed by the seven turnovers. Almost nothing that BYU did well in Logan. And there were things they did well, from O-line to D-line to disruption to havoc to all those things. None of it really mattered when you get to minus six in the margin. I want to call that segment that we do every week with you right there called A Stat That Matters. Because not all stats matter. We hope, but we, that um, was a stat. We that hope matters. some of them do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this isn't your your grandma's uh, Boise State per se. They are. Uh, oh, my grandma loved Boise your, your State gra- football. I know your grandma loved Boise State. Up in Boise Canada, State. she just couldn't stop talking. Like, about oh, it. the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were up twenty-one on Washington State, who beat USC. Yet they lose by nineteen to Virginia. Yeah. What do you think of Boise State? Uh, they're a hundredth in total offense right now. That's that, that in and of itself is the one that kind of takes you back a little bit. Uh, that's not Boise State football. Uh, they have much like BYU that they brought back a veteran quarterback who didn't get off to the start of season he or the team wanted. Then he got hurt. Uh, that's basically what BYU did. Uh, not to the same extent, but Brett Rippon has zero touchdown passes. All the TD passes have come from the backup, yeah. who, who, by the way, replaced Jay Keeps as the starter at Kansas back in the day. Montel Cozart is his name. Um, so they've used two quarterbacks, partly due to injury and partly due to the fact that Cozart's a different kind of style of quarterback than, than Rippon. Uh, they've got a big-time playmaker in Cedric Wilson. Other than that, just kind of you know role players, tight ends really good in Jake Rowe. Uh, but, yeah, it just doesn't feel quite like Boise football yet. And, and Coach Harson promised changes after the loss to Virginia. They'll have had a bye week. You normally expect – uh, uh, you know, a few more tools to come out of the shed when you play Boise, and perhaps even more so now with a week to work on what they uh, think is a pretty important game for them uh, at, B- at BYU. BYU-Boise State, Friday night, 8.15 Mountain, 10.15 Eastern time. You can listen to it live on BYU Radio with Greg Rebell. You can also watch it on ESPN. All right, Greg, it's that time again. Is it already? I, Jerem took you there with uh, the reference to your grandma, but I, I don't know where you're going with a cool thing about Canada. Oh, and before we get to the cool thing about Canada um, – uh, weirdest thing you guys have ever eaten? Uh, we had we had Kairos talking about horse last yeah, yeah. night. Yeah, what do you I, think? I've not eaten anything super chicken heart in Brazil. Chicken heart, it's not that okay. Crazy. Hey, so I have eaten horse in Korea. I have, I have also eaten something called bundegi, which is like fried silkworm larvae. Yeah. Oh mm. wow, that would explain <laughs> your stomach issues. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> Korea eats some weird stuff. Yeah. So, in turn, you were forced to eat some weird stuff. And, I ate, and you? I ate dog meat, too. Oh, there it is. Oh, the horse and the dog. That's the one. That's yep. the one. I'll get up right. and leave now, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Please yeah. don't high-five me ever again. This is when I fold because i got nothing to compete with that one. So, no, you know, we, 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 in the South Paulo, we've all Brazil. been to New Orleans. We've eaten the alligator. You do that. Yeah. Uh, but in Canada, you know, the pierogies and the cabbage rolls were a big part of my life. Yeah. Not that they're weird, but really tasty. Not a lot of people have had them. Cabbage rolls, pierogies. Cabbage big rolls. Okay. All right, speaking of Canada. So, uh, the Stars and the Stripes. Uh, it's been around for a long time, the old U.S. flag, uh, since, the, since the U.S. nation was formed uh, in 1776. Like a year later, you had a flag. Well, Canada 
a relatively new country, 1867 is when we came to being. In 1860, the year after 1868, they came up with a flag that's uh, not the maple leaf. You know the maple leaf is one of the most iconic yeah. wonderful flags, but when they first came up with a flag, this is what they came up with. Whoa. Yeah. Not the maple leaf now, is it? That what? was the Canadian flag for like 100 years. Well, they used art and office... 95 or something? <laughs> you got some Union Jack and some coats of arms. But that was Canada's flag until 1965. Whoa. So the maple leaf is a relatively new, a, a new concoction. And there it is. Since I like I, it. Since 1965. So it's like 50 plus years old. But, yeah. uh, you know, of course, we recognize that instantly as a symbol of Canada. But it's relatively new compared to what preceded it for a long, long time. And that's about as different from the previous flag as you can get. Wow. The Stars and Stripes has kind of always been the Stars and Stripes. Yeah. Yeah. And it had an evolution as well, but yeah. it's been, but yeah, from it's more been stars, you know, yeah, more yeah. stars, yeah, more stripes. Yeah, Canada just to like totally threw up the old flag and said we're going to start over. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I mean, the the iconic image of yeah. Canada. When it's you think about new. Canada, you think about the maple. Yeah, exactly right. That's it. Someone call it a cool thing about Canada. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's a cool thing. <laughs> All right. If you if at some point you're like, I don't think it's cool anymore. We'll just say a thing about Canada. We may get to that point sooner <laughs> than later. The new phone books are here, Greg. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> Which would you rather start at quarterback against Boise State and why? Tanner Mangum at 75% or the field? I want to see who want, doesn't want Tanner Mangum if he's not 75 I want to hear that angle. At Kiwi Jackman tweets, play the field. Tanner Mangum needs to get to 100%. As the great bounty hunter Boba Fett said, <laughs> he's no good to me dead. Okay, then. <laughs> wow. Well, then. He's dead if he's 75% or less. <laughs> I'm not sure where to go off that. but uh, I'm more of a Django Fett guy, but anyway. Hey, that was I'm fun. a Joan Jett guy. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Craig, always fun, man. Thanks so much. Right, and guys. behind the mic tonight, right? Oh, yeah, we yeah, got a show the tonight, mic. 6 o'clock. Uh, Blaine Fowler, uh, Johnny Harleen, Yoli Childs tonight. Oh, loaded. Ooh, yeah, okay. Loaded. Okay. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Coming up, Jerem. Compelling sports content, All including right. a one-on-one with Micah Hanneman. What a better weekend, Mike or his brother Jacob, who hit a homer for my Mariners. <laughs> We're out of the playoffs. Buddy. Good question. And we talk with BYU men's volleyball assistant Jalen Reyes. Jalen. A brand new season schedule, the path to a championship, coming out. When do we play UCLA? That's the question. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere. And countdown to kickoff is live at 9 Eastern time Friday night. If you want to watch and see if Tanner Mangum's warming up, there's one place to do it. You can watch him warm up. Watch Joe Critchlow, Cody Wilstead, Coy Detmer, probably not Bo Hodge. 9 Eastern time, BYU versus Boise State. We'll get you ready Friday night. I just had the thought of looking in the old phone book when I was a kid for yeah. the longest last name. Like, that was a thing, right? Like, who's got the longest or the most strange last name? Well, it depends on the kind of toys you have at home, <laughs> I guess. I had a very, very interesting childhood. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> Refreshing today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. The Cougars and Broncos in college football. Two days away, BYU and Boise State. The burning question from BYU – who will start at quarterback? Offensive coordinator Ty Detmer said it's a wait-and-see approach with Tanner Mangum. Our Twitter question today, would you start Tanner at 75% or go with somebody else in that field of quarterbacks? The Cleveland Browns waived Jordan Leslie due to a torn hamstring. This is the second time he's been waived from the team. The hope is that Jordan Leslie can uh, get healthy and get back on a squad somewhere. Men's cross country, ranked number two. Let's go. In the latest. National poll and the women's team at number 16. 
And the men's golf team won the Nick Watney I'm Not the Martian Invitational. Peter Quest finished top of the leaderboard at three under. Patrick Fishburne finished tied for third at one over. So a nice showing from the men's golf team. There's somebody out there that's thinking that it's actually called the Nick Watney I'm Not the Martian Invitational. It isn't? It's the Nick Watney Invitational. Wait, it isn't? (laughs) What? This is news to me. Second guest in Studio B today is Jalen Reyes, assistant coach for the BYU men's volleyball team. Jalen. What's up, Jalen? I feel like we need to do this more often. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me, fellas. Yeah, hey, it's great to have you here, and especially when we're unveiling a brand-new men's volleyball schedule. Yeah, baby. It's exciting. What do you think of the rundown this year, man? It's, uh, it's a definitely a difficult schedule. It's uh, with the conference changing and us kind of going from – usually playing the same team twice in a week to now playing uh, two different teams in a week. It's uh, definitely exciting. And uh, with the smaller conference schedule, you know, more opportunity to play out-of-conference teams. You know, most people that are familiar with the schedule, they're going to see similar teams on there anyway because there's not too many men's volleyball teams out there. But uh, it should be a fun, fun year for us. So you, the Mountain Pacific Sports Federation has been intact, you know, from the 90s to now. Now the Big West is added volleyball. So you lose the Santa Barbaras and Irvines and Hawaii's of the world. So you're still in the same conference with Stanford and Pepperdine and UCLA and USC, but you add in some other teams. Uh, what's the dynamic going to be like with Concordia, Irvine, and Grand Canyon and a couple of these new teams? Um, I, think, I think it's going to be good. I think those two schools have really improved, you know, since they both added programs in kind of the recent years. Um, I don't know this from from experience yet, but I've heard there's a lot of LDS people down in Phoenix. I think that's going to be a really nice showing for I th- us. I think it's going to be awesome. The BYU fans in Phoenix can see BYU men's volleyball. Uh huh. So, and then we always have a nice showing down in Irvine, and uh, you know, with former BYU coach Sean Patchell there too, it's going to be kind of nice. We're all in the same conference again, you know. So, do you feel like the new schedule with the division into a new conference? helps or hurts your chances of getting into that one of those six spots for the NCAA volleyball championships? I I don't know, to be honest. You know, it's the first year, so we'll see how things go. Um, I think it could be a year-to-year thing t- in terms of, you know, you would say, hey, Long Beach and UCLA bring a lot of teams back. I mean, a lot of guys back from their teams before who were pretty good, and, you know, Long Beach is no longer in our conference, so maybe – now not us having to compete in the same conference as Long Beach State, does that help us? You know, I don't really know. I think I could see pros and cons for both. Um, but I think it's it's good that we have a established conference at, like, the Big West to actually add men's volleyball. It's kind of the first established conference. Yeah, the um, rest are just made-up volleyball conferences. Exactly. So I think it's good for the sport. Um, we're hoping to expand, you know, expand the tournament to seven to eight teams. That would be kind of the the perfect storm for us, adding the Big West to men's volleyball. So I would say right now, I don't know, um, but I think it's just kind of a year-to-year thing. You know, if you make it, it's awesome. If you don't make it and you're really, really close, bad, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, and, and Ohio State obviously has won the last two, so if you meet them, you meet them later and whatnot. But tell us about some of the non-conference matches that are uh, in store, since you are playing more non-conference matches this year. It used to be like four, mm-hmm. and that was it. Now it's like... Now it's like half the schedule. Yeah, like 14 or 16, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, you know, I think we start off with a really nice uh, home weekend where we start off with Lewis and Loyola, the opening weekend. Um, we're going to play Loyola first, and they they return a lot of pieces that you know that beat us last year, and they return a really, really nice middle blocker that helped USA win a couple of medals this summer named Jeff Jendrick. Um, he's going to be a handful. And uh, Lewis has a, had a very young team last year, and they bring back a bunch of guys, and they're going to be super competitive. Um, 
in March, we're going to go to the Outrigger uh, Invitational Tournament in Honolulu. Um, so I'm excited about that. Uh, we're going to play Lewis again. We're going to play Penn State, and we're going to play Hawaii. So that would that's be a non-conference game. Non-conference right? game now. So that's going to be three competitive matches in a row on consecutive nights. Um, so that's going to be um, interesting for us. And Is that at Hawaii, the stands. That's at Hawaii. So all th- at uh, at Hawaii. I think it's like March eighth, ninth, and tenth mm-hmm. um, in the Stan Sheriff Center. We'll play like the early match um, on Thursday against, I believe it's Penn State, and then we'll play Lewis on Friday, and oh, then we'll nice. play the the primetime match against Hawaii um, at seven o'clock. And that'll probably be packed. I bet it would yeah. be packed. Hopefully, they le- if they both led of us the are good, in attendance last if, both, if both of us are good, it should be should be a packed night. Yeah. So, Jalen, if you were voting on who is going to be the team or the teams to beat in men's volleyball this year, like circle three or four names, who would you put there right now as a preseason prognostication? I would put Ohio State. They won the title the last couple of years. Sure, they they lost maybe I would say half their starting lineup. But um, they still return Nicholas Shershen from um, – he's a senior this year. I would probably circle Long Beach State, who returns that solid core of juniors they have with T.J. DeFalco, Augustine, uh, Josh Tuninga, and um, Kyle Ensing. UCLA, I think, if they're healthy – last year they had kind of the injury bug. I think no. we would circle them. And, you know, I would circle Hawaii as well. Hawaii returns a bunch of their guys that, um, you know, made a run to the Final Four. So I would say um, – I would circle those four as the top four teams in, in you know, the country. Stanford has a really nice freshman class coming in with a really exciting player named Jalen Jasper, who you know, is kind of a version of Ben Patch, Ooh. or you know, big, tall. The one long. that got away. Yeah. So um, you know, we'll see. I think those four that I mentioned, Stanford has a chance, and I think we're kind of right in there somewhere. So you know, we'll see. We'll kind of just see how we develop and uh, kind of progress throughout the year. Hey, not bad when you return Brendan Sander and Leo Durkin and Price Jarman. Like, you've got a good core coming back yourself. Yeah, there, and there's some good newcomers. And we'll break that down as we get closer to the season. Absolutely. But, uh, exciting schedule. Thanks for coming on, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. We need to play ping pong in the new volleyball. Oh, sports. yeah, we're going to party with you in there. Yeah. I'm very not good, but I heard – well, I'm assuming all the guys are good because I swear they spend more time in there than they do in <laughs> class. So hopefully someone's good at something You didn't there. just say that out loud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, uh, yeah, double-edged sword, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> At least you have a sword. Yeah. Jalen, great to have you with us. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for uh, the off-season season, karma. Man. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Thanks, fellas. You got it, man. Back to our Twitter question today. BYU football bearing down on Boise State. Who would you rather start in that game, Tanner Mangum at 75% or somebody in the rest of the quarterback? I would yeah. rather play ping pong. Yeah. How about BYU wins and then we celebrate by playing ping pong? Let's just play ping pong no matter what. Is that cool, Jalen? Sounds good to me. You know, BYU wins on Friday night football, and then we we're just going to come over right after the game. It's going to be at about twelve thirty in the morning. Yeah, it's okay. Some I guarantee you, some of our guys will be there. <laughs> <laughs> Call of Duty is another thing that's going on. Too, so. okay. Coming okay. up, bad luck for one Cougar in the NFL. And Jason Shepard goes one on one with Micah Hanneman. I'm Who guessing Micah wins weekend? that matchup. Micah or his brother Jacob. Micah's going to win that matchup versus Jason. I'm telling you. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Speaking of rebroadcast, after further review, hosted by your boy, Spencer Linton, if you missed it yesterday, you can watch it coming up at 1 Eastern time right after the program. Listen, I was just the game manager.
The Mark Sanchez. I took Steve Young's advice, just stepped in there and tried. Don't be the reason the show stinks. Don't be the reason the show stinks. Man, I've heard that so much. In just don't be the reason you lose, okay? Great advice. <sighs> Steve. Who would you rather start a quarterback against Boise State and why? Tanner Mangum, 75%? Or somebody in the rest of the BYU quarterback we're, we're field? We're just guessing on that number, by the way. Yeah, that's at whatever he is. I don't know. At Twiggerstone, the field. Tanner's health, more important than winning now. He still has a lot of quarterbacking to do. True. This end next year. We're pretty worried at 1-4, and four, though. There's a high level of urgency. <sighs> yeah, what is the health level? Is it just pain management? Because I don't think they'll let him play if it's not yeah, okay. Yeah, if he's cleared, it's, you got to go, dog. Got to go. Jason Shepard, while we were learning about ripping up phone books mm-hmm. at the uh, homecoming devotional. Useful info. And uh, giving people... <laughs> our blue goggle takes literally with blue goggles on to preview the BYU Boys State game. Our good friend Jason Shepard was talking with Micah Hanneman, who enjoyed a pick six moment in Logan. His brother, by the way, hit a home run, his first home run in the major leagues as well. It was a great weekend for the Hannemans. Yeah, next year we're going to win it. Jason Shepard, one-on-one BYU football all-access with Micah Hanneman. Here with BYU starting safety, Micah Hanneman. And believe it or not, Micah, I, I want to start off with a baseball question. How cool was it to see Big Brother hit his first major league home run this past weekend with the Mariners? Yeah, actually, I was I was over there this weekend. So our whole family was over there. It's pretty cool being able to. It was in uh, Anaheim playing the Angels. So, yeah, I'm so so happy for him. You know, he's living living his dream, being able to hit a home run in one of their last games this season. So, What was that like to be able to witness that in person and be able to celebrate with him after? It's kind of surreal, you know, because when we were little kids, the Mariners was our favorite team, you know, with Ken Griffey, Alex Rodriguez and them. And then being there, seeing him as a Mariner, you know, and then hitting a home run, it's, it's kind of surreal. And after the game, you know, it's just all love with, just with the family, you know. It's a good accomplishment for him. How often do you talk with him? And, and not necessarily about sports or what's going on with the football team, but just as a brother, how often do you guys communicate with each other? And what does that mean to you? Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we communicate a decent amount. You know, during both of our seasons, it's hard to – I mean, it's not hard, but you just don't think about it as much because you figure, oh, they're just doing the same thing every day. They're, they're fine. But, you know, we've been communicating more. He's got, he's got his kid, my first nephew, so just FaceTiming him, Snapchats, stuff like that. But he's – He's he's an awesome older brother, setting a good example, and we've we've been close. All of us are close, so talk to each other a lot. We know we know what's up with each other. So, so did he? Since you were with him when he hit his home run, uh, did he have anything to say about your pick six against Utah State? Yeah, yeah, that's the first thing that because so I flew out there right before the game before the, before he hit his home run. And I was barely barely made it in time. So the very first time I seen him, that's the first thing he said to me was, hey, nice pick. I was like, hey, nice home run. <laughs> so, yeah, that was cool. So take me through that play, because I know your teammates gave you a little bit of a hard time that it took a couple steps to, to bring that in, but take me through that play and, and just how big that was at the time. Um, so it was just film, film style. I knew that they, they like to throw those screens, and I just told the corner. I was supposed to be back, but I told the corner, you know, if they throw the screen, I'm just going to take a chance because they had just barely scored seven points on us, and, there's kind of not not that much going on, you know. So luckily the quarterback threw it right to me, and but yeah, I did almost miss it. Good thing, good thing I didn't. But 
One of the things that Coach Lamb mentioned a few minutes ago when he was talking with the general media was the fact that this team, one of the things as coaches they don't have to worry about is trying to get you guys ready for practice or to turn the page, that you guys do a really good job of doing that on your own. Where does that come from? Um, I feel like it just comes from love of the game. You know, we all, we all love playing football and it sucks losing obviously but it's still fun you know I had fun on on Friday we lost and I'm I'm sick of losing we've lost too many times this season but you know in the end still having fun and practice is still you still got to have fun you still got to bring the energy because that's the only thing you know that's the only thing you can do is keep on keep on playing keep on just playing the game of football (laughs) BYU safety Micah Hanneman join us here on BYU Sports Nation so now you've got Boise State Another Friday night game. This is a series that a lot of games have been played. The home team has won all of the matchups, I believe, out of the last five. When you think of this matchup with Boise State, what comes to mind? Um, It's always been an exciting game. There's always been a lot of uh, fun plays on defense. And so that's, that's what I'm most excited for. You know, they like to throw the ball up. So I'm, I'm hoping that we can, we can get some more turnovers this, this week as that's me thinking defensively, but just overall, there's there's a lot of energy, a lot of excitement. Last time we played them at home was one of the most um, intense, exciting games that I've been a part of while while I've been here at BYU. Um, just the whole environment with with everybody. So yeah, I'm I'm excited. You mentioned the turnovers, and I know that the coaches preach forcing turnovers, and this defense really is designed to create turnovers. Yet there haven't been a lot this season. Why do you think that's been? So that's a good question. Um, the, the teams that we've been playing have have done a decent job at c- controlling the ball. Um, I feel like this this week might be a little bit different with with getting turnovers as we're feeling more comfortable. The more more disruption we get from the defensive line, the easier it is to to get turnovers, and hopefully that happens this week. You mentioned the 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 deep ball, the big plays that Boise State like to run i have to imagine though that especially for somebody in your position in the secondary you guys got to be licking your chops at the opportunities that will be there facing an offense like that oh yeah that's 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 what i'm most excited for this week you know being able to just just play you know drop drop back and read, reading the quarterback and making plays on the ball that's that's what's most fun apart the game and other games is more of a grind grinding type of game but this game is more is going to be more more fun for the DBs and for the people dropping back. So, so with everything that's that's happened up to this point in the season, what would it mean for you guys to get this home win on homecoming against Boise State? I mean, we we need. I feel like we need to get this this win. Sick of losing. Everybody's sick of losing. Um, no more excuses, though. You know, we're we know that we can perform and we haven't been performing. So, hopefully, coming back home. With some with some good fans at, at our own turf against Boise, we lost with them last year, and that motivates me, and I know that motivates a lot of other players. So, Micah, great stuff. Good luck on Friday. Thank you, Micah Hanneman with Jason Shepard, one-on-one BYU football all access. Coming up, the Peter Quest-led men's golf team wins in Fres. Yes, the quest for perfection. Okay, there's a softball game tonight, Jerem. Details on that and cross-country chasing down number one. They're almost there. And first loser position. One more spot to go up. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most.
Big thanks to today's guests, Greg Rebell, Jalen Reyes, and Micah Hanneman. If you missed any other show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Coming up this week from the BYU Store and Lavelle Edwards Stadium, Dennis Pitta, Dave Rose, and Brian Billick. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. BYU and Boise State, two days away. The burning question still, who will start a quarterback for Brigham Friday night? Ty Dimer said they will have a better idea what Tanner Mangum will look like tomorrow. Cougars in the NFL. The Cleveland Browns have waived Jordan Leslie due to a torn hamstring. This is the second time he's been waived from the team Get Better Jordan. Cross country. The men are ranked second in the latest USTFCCCCA poll, and the women's team is ranked 16th. Golf. Men's golf won the Nick Watney Invitational. Peter Quest for perfection. Finished top of the leaderboard at three under par. Patrick Fishburn finished tied for third at one over. Volleyball. And the men's uh, schedule is out, 2018 schedule out. You can check it out on uh, BYUcougars.com, highlighted by uh, a new look, the MPSF, a different look. The Big West has created uh, their conference, and so a new look 2018 schedule. BYU softball has a game tonight, second game of the fall schedule. Do they play Slick? Salt Lake Community College. College. Good luck to the ladies in their fall schedule. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need the most, DexterLaw.com. Men's golf and uh, Peter Quest again. Uh, Peter Quest won and BYU won at the Nick Watney, the Martian Invitational in Fresno. Not bad. Which would you rather start a quarterback against Boise State and why? Tanner Mangum at 75%, that's an estimate, or the field. At Dan underscore Smith for BYU. <laughs> I think you play the next guy. This season's already a dud, and what? Mangum wouldn't be that effective if he's only 75%. The season's a dud. It, it fits in with BYU Independence. Eight or nine wins would be right on par. They were one and three if last they, year. If they can win uh, six of eight or seven of eight. Our elite tweet of the day from at California Bossy. Suit up, Ty Detmer. Nope. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Show's on demand, BYUSN.com. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jeremiah and Spencer, shout-out to Keith Clearwater and the 1981 BYU Men's National Championship golf team. After further review, replay starts now.